Coming up this week, a former Disneyland executive is now in charge at Knott's Berry Farm. Bernie Sanders targets Disney during Anaheim during an Anaheim uh, campaign rally. And Frozen Live at the Hyperion premieres at Disney California Adventure. Plus later, Nancy tells you all you need to know about visiting Disneyland with those pesky teens and tweens. All that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 579, for the week of May 29th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friends, Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jo Mulata willie Hello! Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, aloha. <laughs> and Tony Spatel. Hello. <laughs> How was everyone's week? Welcome back, Michael. Thank hope you. you. It's are, good to be back. Hope you, are rest, hope you are rested from your vacation. I am not. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you have to catch up on work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. No, not that. Not that. <laughs> um, uh, hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. Uh, if you want to listen live to us every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Pacific, head to Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. And listen and chat live with other Disneyland fans. Of course, the rest of the Dis Unplugged slate all week long. Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast on Mondays. Actually, they're off this Monday for the holiday. Uh, the Orlando show on Tuesday. Universal show on Thursday. And, of course, the new Dis Pop show, which is awesome. Every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, you can check out The Daily Fix, your quick look at the day's Disney news. And, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, got to mention that the upcoming Diz Unplugged 10th anniversary event that is happening, happening, wow, (laughs) happening July 22nd through the 26th in Orlando. Um, if you want to go to that and haven't signed yet, signed up yet, deadline to sign up is June 9th. So if you're interested in that, sign up, even if you're on the fence, sign up anyway, uh, it's a $25 donation to give kids the world. So even if you don't go, go sign up and, and, and donate the money to give kids the world. Uh, also want to mention the celebration Disneyland event that's coming up in June. The Orlando team, Michael and I did some videos and everything is going up starting June 6th. So not this Monday, but the next. There's some great contests going on, um, some great video coverage, some fun stuff. You're going to want to watch that beginning June 6th on YouTube. Um, and we'll, of course, have links once all that goes live in our show notes page, on our Facebook page, all over the days. You won't be able to miss it. Uh, and you're going to want to listen to this show during June as well, because you'll have to. Um, let's talk about Frozen, Mary Jo. So, yes. you, so you've seen it twice already, right? I've seen it twice. I saw it okay. Thursday night, and I saw it today with um, everybody else. <laughs> everybody else. Okay, cool. At least those who could get in. 
All right. And it looks like they, they tore up that theater, started from nothing, and, and it looks awesome. It, they did a fantastic job. They, like you said, redid the theater. There's now a turntable embedded in the stage that helps the progression of the story along. They have a DJ? Well I'm, I'm pumped. It's, you'll it's like, like a rap, it's like a rap, yeah. like a rap, yes, a turn frozen, t- that kind of turn turntable, kind of yes. Yes, yes, like wiki wiki. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it goes back and forth, and it's just we, that's the earthquake <laughs> version. Are they like scratching? It. Yeah, went <laughs> went frozen. I know that's an eighties version of rap. I know we're all dating ourselves by our versions of rap. I'm just letting everyone know that with our scratching. But yes, I'm excited, even though it's not true. Yeah, but the frozen t- turntable is a little bit more technical than what you guys are referring to and <laughs> works very well in the stage. Okay, Mary Jo, I have program. to say, you're like the greatest teacher ever. So like, and I think Michael could have vouched for it. Like, the kid asks the totally wrong thing and then you just continue <laughs> on your way all nicely Excuse with some me. positive comments like they never even happened. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, we, we all learn together. So it's good, but um, gosh, where where to start about Frozen? Um, some uh, a a little bit on the background of it. They started this back in December of 2014, uh, talking about putting this together, and they interviewed almost 3,000 cast uh, potential cast members. So the cast currently is at 106, 107. The, the numbers change depending who you're talking to. But on stage is our 24 characters. So on stage you have your your main characters, which are Anna, Elsa, Hans, Kristoff, Sven, Olaf, the Duke of Wesselton, the mom, the dad, and then there's 15 in the ensemble that play all the other parts of the story that bring it along. And the story, the show is an hour long. So be sure to, be, you know, plan your day accordingly. Yeah, plan your day accordingly. And I'll go with um, today. Today we went as soon as Yasmin and I got to the park. We went to get our fast passes. The park opened at eight a.m. By eight thirty, they already were doing fast passes for the second <laughs> show. Mind you, there's eighteen hundred seats in the theater, and that's how fast it's going. So we, I think they were. Out of the tickets, fast pass tickets in the first hour and a half. So my recommendation right now for those of you who want to see Frozen, get that fast pass first before you get the Radiator Springs fast pass. Wow. Right now they have the three shows per day. They expect to extend or not extend, but um, add shows during the summer. But we don't know the number yet. At least I don't know the number yet. So How how many um, showings of Aladdin did they do or performances of Aladdin? Usually I, four, right? It was four or five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah During the summertime, it was five. And I think on the weekend, Michael, it was four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so of course, you can imagine how full it was. Forget about standby lines, folks, because the, especially since the show is new, the, the lines are crowded. And I think this is going to be a hit. So expect the lines to be crowded for, you know, for quite a while for the show just because it's it's so enjoyable so the seating you have your orchestra mezzanine balcony my opinion um orchestra mezzanine are both are really good options don't sit 
don't sit dead center and don't sit close to the stage because the way that they've done the technology. Okay, so now I'll talk a little bit about that. The back screen is an LED screen that weighs 44,000 pounds. And so you have scenery that moves as well as uh, that works with the props. So you can be taken from the ice to the palace to the where the trolls live to the snowy mountain to the ice castle. It's so seamless the way that these that you move. And it's kind of think of soaring over California. You know that opening scene where you come over Lake Tahoe and you're coming up the snowy mountain and you go over the lake. You kind of get that effect coming in to Arendelle. You just have this this image this feeling that you're you're flying over and then you're zeroing in on the action. And what they did they've done is they've put these curtains called they call it an aurora. And the projections are on the curtains and on the screen so that the audience, especially in the front, it, you feel enveloped. You're part <coughs> of the, you're there in the, in the scene with everybody. And they've also done, and I'm not going to do, do any spoilers, but they've also done some scenery with live action that it's pretty seamless. And it just, you, it's almost like, you know, those, uh, I forget what they call them, those, um, Back in the olden days in Hollywood when they would have that scene where they would draw the matte screen where they would do that in the mm-hmm. background. It's almost kind of like that where you have this, this background scene and then you have the live action in front, but it, it all melds together really nicely. So kudos for the technology. I know that they had to develop some new ones. I was able to interview Mitch Atkins, who's the, um, technical director and he was, he did tell me that they had to develop some new technology to incorporate the the stage sounded, to the show. It know? sounded almost as if they they're using the the mapping technology like they use on the castle or on the main, on Main Street during the fireworks, and incorporating that onto the stage. That also. Because that, you, okay. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. so, so when you first walk in, you're seeing the town of Arendelle with the, you know how it's, they have that lake in front of it or sea, whatever we're looking at. It extends out over the stage so you can see it rippling on the stage itself. And it almost looks like an infinity pool that looking, going into there and, and the lights map onto the characters also. So you have those type of lights, kind of like in Dancing with the Stars, how they did that on the stage. Um, so if you want carpet, you have that mapping. They just really did a good job. So yeah. Now, I, do they know, over rely on projections and, and video over like um, sets and things like that? I would say that it's not austere, but I would say they rely more on, they rely on both equally. It's kind of a minimalist actual set, but it doesn't take away from what you're looking at. For instance, in the palace scenes, there's three huge doors because that's one of the themes about open door, opening the doors and relationships. This, the, the crux of this is the relationship between the sisters, as most everybody knows. So you're talking about closed door in the relationship, open door in the relationship. So there's that theme throughout this play. And so you, so those come down and go away. There's the staircases that, that come in and out, um, that, play a major part and then you also have 
Sven pulling the the sleigh. sleigh. And that that kind of moves, kind of like when you're in Star Tours and how the whole audience moves. The sleigh is on the same type of. It's almost. It's almost as they if they reuse the um, the magic carpets, tech, the magic carpet. Um, but in the middle thing. of the stage, in the bottom, instead of above. Yeah. Or no, no, no. But didn't, for a while, didn't behind. for a while didn't they use the, the that that kind of a thing when when the when it wasn't flying. I thought it was always behind or people were pushing it or something. Oh, okay. This one is, the, the sleigh is stationary, but it moves and Sven is trotting and the scenery it's, is going by. And you it's, feel it's, like... It's, it's like uh, Indiana Jones. Yes. <laughs> it's an Indiana Jones sleigh. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> kind of. But there's some cool effects that I'm not going to tell you guys about, but when these happen, the whole, the audience is, wow, you know, and it's, it's... So fun to be um, watching a production that gets that kind of reaction from everybody. Now, so, how is the storyline? Because that's one of the few criticisms I've heard is they felt it. it I don't know. There, there, were, there was continuity issues with the story and things like that. Okay. So there, there's an hour to tell the whole story, right? So mm-hmm. you, they don't come out and say, okay, so it starts off the same way that the animated feature does with the um, Ice Harvesters and the song Frozen Heart, I think it's called. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it That's does start off with That's our granddaughter's favorite song out of the whole thing. <laughs> really? Well, then she'll yes. like this. <laughs> and there's a baby Sven there too. So, so it starts off with that and then it goes dark and then you go to the palace. Now, you know, if there's continuity, I don't know how else to get to the palace than wh- how they did it. But it starts off and it goes from song to song. You go from. Do you I, want to I build- mean, yeah, it glosses over a few things. Um, well, you don't it, see the parents drown in a boat, but you know no, that you, you know you, that they. Yeah. You know they, that they pass it, away. It's it's very symbolic right. how they handle it. Um, right. They skip over the the what's his name the the cellar guy. What's his name? Oh, the you're, wondering uh, Oaken. Oaken. Yeah, oh, you, that's that. You, you get a token view where. You, yeah, he you get, get a token, token view of Oaken, but you don't. That whole scene is gone. I'm sorry, it's not part of this production. Yeah. Um, and what about the trolls? Is there much as much time on the trolls? The whole song um, that the yes. trolls sing about the fixer upper. Yeah. That whole thing is there. Aww, okay. And, that's and such a cute song. Yeah. The the troll he comes out and it was kind of cool because when he the troll came out, Yasmin goes, "Wow, that was really well done." And so he comes out at the beginning to remember Anna's. <laughs> Mm-hmm. affected so he comes out and then there's a whole scene where um Kristoff takes anna to the troll family after they confront elsa in the castle i i'm kind of like basically telling the story but not i don't i'm not going to go into too much detail but yeah there's the whole troll scene um so that's that does happen cool yeah so i mean let me see and seven remember, songs. I'm not a big Frozen fan either, so this is... So all the songs are there, just, some of them are expanded for more dance numbers and well, things like that. Well, they, they had to modify the songs <coughs> to include an ensemble because Sorry. this is a theatrical production. Right. Yeah. So they modify the song, so then part of the chorus is sung by the ensemble. And the ensemble could be, you know, in these parts, they're either the ballroom dancers when... Hans and Anna... You know, Hans and Anna are there in the ballroom, so they're not out in a boat someplace... Like right. they are, in they're the not running feature. all over the castle. Yes. So in those scenes, 
it's it's like you know you have to kind of be real. So I think people who want to criticize are going to pull up, bring up those type things, Michael. But mm-hmm. it it took nothing away from the production itself, from what we saw. In fact, in today's product, because you figured when I went there on Thursday, you're I'm going there with fans supporting the cast, etc. And so everybody. You know, uh, standing. Everybody gave a standing ovation today. There were people giving a standing ovation. So, um, it's re- the 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 quality of talent is really well done. One of the questions in Mixler was, do you know if any of the cast of Aladdin auditioned and was cast in this production? I imagine that some of them auditioned. Some of the ones that I I, I didn't recognize anybody. So okay. I don't know. I but again, there's 106 cast members. Yeah, and so 24 we're not at a time right on stage, now. right? Yeah. So so I was the there were some some of the a lot of the same that I saw on Thursday today, but there were also even the main the principal characters were changed from Thursday to today, and and I think they're still kind of working things out. That Thursday was the very first live performance they did to an audience, so. They're, they're just now this week. So we, even though it's officially open, it's kind of like the soft opening. Right. So they're still working through everything. So it's kind of fun to watch it at this stage. And I'm very interested to see it six months from now and a year from now to see how the cast is going to be improvising their lines as they get more comfortable with the, as, as they get, as they internalize these characters, you know. Right. So. Um, well, all I can say is it's too early to hate, like some of the haters have been doing already out there. And I mean, I'm not in the la- I'm not a Frozen fan, and I've said that numerous times on the show. But for me, you know, I I, I want to give it a chance at least. I think Disney really did a great job in stepping up and having a colorblind casting and actually following through with it and being one of the few companies out there that's trying to really do that. I've seen a lot of hate, a lot of hate about how, oh, Anna and Elsa aren't Norwegian. They don't look like themselves. Well, you know what? If you want to meet Anna and Elsa, go next door to the animation building and go meet Anna and Elsa over there. Yeah. It really didn't make a difference in the, it didn't make a difference in the, in the production to, to, to tell you the truth. And Yasmin, before we went to go see it, she told me, she goes, I'm not a Frozen fan. She said, I watched it one time with you at your house and, you know, but I'll, I'll see it. And after the show, I asked her, I said, give me your honest opinion. Would you recommend this? And she says, oh yeah, she would, she would go see it again because the show itself is so enjoyable, you know, and it takes, it's, it just kind of gives you, makes you think they've, they started this in December. 2014 they started their readings their table readings in january of 2015 um and they still didn't have a finale at the time that they started those readings and then they were working through it and this is how long it takes to put on a quality production and when i think that aladdin finished the what january 10th and they opened uh frozen this weekend to have the stage done the the technical effects done the singing and dancing, I think they really did a remarkable job um, so far, you know, from what from what I saw on it. So, and, uh, you know, either the pe- there's people who are target audiences and people who are not target audiences. There, I, w- I had met somebody who said, well, I'm not a target audience. He goes, I wouldn't come here to see this show. And I asked him, would you come here to see Phantasmic? He goes, not really. I go, we're a little color. Not really. I go, no, you're not the target audience. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah, then, then thank you for sharing that. But, 
But for the people who um, are going to come, especially if you're here on a multi-day park hopper or even park ticket, doesn't even have to be a hopper. I really recommend going, like I said, first thing, get your fast passes. I think you're going to enjoy the show, especially with a hot summer. They also sell, they, they were selling water and snacks inside the theater and outside the theater. Wow. Inside the theater? Yeah. Inside no the way. Mm-hmm. They've never done that. I know. This is, this was a first, in fact, Yasmin bought some water when we were inside. It was nice and fresh and cold. I mean, it was nice and cold, you know? So I think during the summertime to, to be able to sit down and get off your feet and relax in, in an air conditioned, comfortable theater and enjoy a quality show. This is going to be just a real nice treat. Treat for everybody. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and if you want to know more, uh, we have three videos up on our YouTube channel that Mary Jo did talking to some of the people behind the scenes. That's uh, youtube.com slash Diz Unplugged. So I also have a I also have a thread on the Disboards and the Disneyland section where I give a brief re- uh, my review of the of the show, tips on fast passes, links to the videos, links to the blog that you put up, Tom, um, announcing it. Um, and a link for anybody who wants to see, somebody did record the show on the, on Friday when it, when it came up. I don't recommend really seeing that movie unless there's no way you're going to go to Disneyland. I recommend waiting till you get the opportunity to watch the live show. But there's a, the fast pass distribution. You can see where it is. Um, and so there's some tips in there for that. And again, I recommend seeing the show either orchestra towards the back section don't rush to the front you don't need to not mid not dead center because there's a couple of scenes where it's more advantageous not to see it and there's some cool effects the trolls i was wondering how the heck they did that i found out later but i was wondering how they i'll tell you guys on mixler after (laughs) for for the the bonus live uh, info And then, um, during the, during the blue hour, during the blue hour. Exactly. <laughs> Are we going blue today? Good. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, Elsa's dress is blue. So that's, there, you go. Blue. there we go. Uh, that's a fantastic effect. Like I said, the whole audience just went, wow, when that happened. And then there's another effect when they're being chased by the wolves. That was pretty cool and unexpected and high caliber. In, in my opinion, the technology, the technical effects that I'm so impressed with do not take away from the acting on the show. In fact, nothing takes away from the acting on the show. So, and it, and, right. and it does, um, no, I'm not going to tell you, you guys just have to experience right. it. The more important question, the more important question, Mary Jo, did you get your annual pass holder popcorn bucket? I saw some, I took a picture <laughs> of one. I thought of Michael. I don't know why, but, um, <laughs> a lot of people already have them. And I was talking to them. In fact, there was a guy sitting next to me in the Hyperion theater who had a bucket and I said, boy, you didn't waste any time. He goes, Oh no, we've already filled this up three times. He goes, nice. Oh, he's, he's my kind of person. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he, and he was a kind of a young guy and, and he goes, and I have the sipper. He was very proud of his sipper. And I said, I said, I guess you're going to make good use of that. And he goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How, do, how I hope Disney keeps this up because this is a really nice deal. So, so how do they know that you've purchased the sippers? That's a good question. I didn't really look at, them? I mean, the, a- the AP buckets are specifically AP buckets, but exactly. I don't know how they identify the sippers. Maybe there's enough of them that are not out. Well, yeah. there are only two varieties. 
They're only right, but if you but yeah, if but you they purchased, purchased them before, four. Yeah, I mean they sold them before. I don't know. Maybe they have a maybe they Mark have the a little art. Yeah, maybe the artwork on them is slightly yeah. different. Yeah. Or there's an AP sticker that they tell you don't let it, you know, come off yeah. or something like yeah. that. Don't well, and you cover. have to present your annual pass when you refill. Right, right. But annual so. pass holders could have purchased them before yeah, as well. But... Anyway, okay. Minutia. Um, all right. Any other housekeeping? I have I some. After anybody else talks. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Okay. Well, we love Delani. <laughs> Alani <Obviously>. is absolutely <laughs> uh, is absolutely wonderful. It is amazing what the Imagineers and designers did. So was this um, your first day there, Michael? Yes, it was. Yeah, we've been to Hawaii before, but never to Alani. It is just amazing. Carol and I are already trying to figure out how to get back there. So what's your uh, what's your number one? I know you have more, but what's your number one? Would you would tell people you have to go to Alani because? Um, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I mean, what Disney did was, you know, they studied for a few years the Hawaiian culture, and then they incorporated it completely into the architecture, the landscaping, uh, the, the design. Uh, it, they have the second largest um, collection of Hawaiian art anywhere there. Uh, it, it's just amazing and the cast members the cast members are incredible they are so proud to work there and 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 then they and they'll tell you stories because there's not anything there that somehow doesn't reflect the culture the folk folklore of hawaii and to the tiniest little detail and they will happily share that story with you and and the level of service is remarkable, and uh, so it's it's terrific. And the the number of things that are this free. Carol and I took ukulele lessons, hula lessons. We made lays. We uh, went and listened to Uncle tell stories at the at the fire pit. We uh, um. We we painted animation cells. Uh, I mean, it go the list goes on and on, and and it isn't just for families with children; it's for anybody, and they're very welcoming. And again, all of that is free. The Starlight Hui, which again is is a presentation they do a couple times a week, which is uh, again they tell again more of the Hawaiian folklore in dance and song, and and then at the end they have for for the families they have a little Disney dance party that is. Uh, that you know you can leave for that and and you can have as much or as little as disney as you want there it, it's just remarkable what they've done there so <coughs> anyway so i highly if you if there's any way you can go there i i definitely recommend it and also what disney did is they took everyone's i think preconceived concept of what Hawaii looks like and they created it. The the palm trees on the beach, the lush tropical plants and foliage. I, I mean, they, they just created all of it there. Um, it's, it's just amazing. When you're driving there, it, it, that side of the island is sort of bleak because it's a drier side of the island. The minute you take the off-ramp to, to where Alani is, it's lush gorgeous flowers and trees and 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 you're completely transported you know it's it's remarkable so anyway but um but you know i did a lot of traveling 
And, and you know, right after I got off the plane for from Milani, I re- I unpacked, repacked, and headed off to Orlando. And <laughs> and I, I I had a lot of issues with my Disney experience and, and Fast Pass Plus. You, you and that you and that premiere car just it was more what it ended up turning out. It took two days to figure out what was going on. And an absolutely wonderful cast member at guest services at Epcot Center figured out what was happening. And it was, I had an old account uh, on my Disney experience or wherever and a new account. And I don't know, my Disney experience or something was drawing from the old account instead of the new account. Anyway, he fixed it. He called IT and they fixed it. He was great. And then he gave me three use anytime fast passes for all the problems. And, and he was terrific because, you know, it's not like I was complaining. I just said at this, I'm totally perplexed by all this. And, um, but I, I, there's a couple of things I noticed in my travels. First of all, now I know I have. You know, I know I'm, I've talked several times about, you know, like Carol says, you know, I was born in the wrong era. I probably should have been born in the 50s and 60s. I mean, growing up, I mean, I was born in the 50s and 60s. I was going to say, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I probably should have been an adult in the 50s and 60s because I like how manners were a little more, were, were, how manners were then and how people dressed a little more then. And I, I tend to, to, dress that way and stuff but i mean really i mean when people now dress as if they could either have gotten out of bed go to the beach get on the plane or go to a theme park and it's like you don't know what they are dressed so casually where the the next where are we going from here i mean to where people are wearing nothing but thongs and banana hammocks i mean i was just appalled by what i saw people wearing in the theme parks and like in the airport where they could have easily been going to the beach and i don't know it's just really i mean it was just terrible but the other thing that really surprised me was the amount of profanity i heard at disney world isn't that a shame it was people yelling at cast members who really i mean they're not the decision makers they're just sharing this is what the policy is this is how much a ticket is they have no control over that and when i was in line you know both at magic kingdom and epcot trying to guest services trying to figure out what's going on with this fast fast plus people are just just swearing at them and and calling them names and all that and i thought what what is going on here? Because when I went up and I talked to them and said, you know, I'm just really frustrated. And can you explain this to me? Is there something I need to do? You know, or, you know, is there a kiosk in the park that would handle this? And they were just so sweet and so nice. And then they would go out of their way to just, you know, do something they didn't need to do. Um, you know, they would give me like the free fast passes or something like that. And it's not like I was asking for it. I mean, I was happy they just resolved the issue. And that I, I didn't want anything more. And they still did it. And And I think it was just because I wasn't screaming at them. And, you know, and I just realized, you know, it, and it, it's, it, you know, it, it's so less draining to not yell at someone to just thank someone for their help it just makes you happy it somehow feeds your soul and i, I yeah. just went out of my way to just thank everyone for anything i thank the people cleaning the restrooms I and do it too. just it just made me feel good <clears throat> 
You know, you know it's really and- funny you say that, Michael, because I was reading a thing that said um, happy people, you know, people who are mostly happy. They said, what is it? And they said, it's gratitude. It's having gratitude for the things around you. And it seems to me that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, I don't know. I, and I was just surprised even how people were swearing at each other in the parks because a parent or somebody didn't like how a child was acting. They weren't grateful enough for what w- that they were there or they weren't reacting the way they weren't responding the way the parent wanted. And I thought, oh, well, you know, we've talked about this a million times on both the Walt Disney World and the um, in our show about you know, the, the, do you know how much this costs syndrome? But then it, but the other thing that really bothered me was just profanity has become such a part of our everyday speech. Just as I'm walking around and it was just people in just their regular dialogue are just swearing and they're not angry. It's just that's now a part of how they speak. But there are children with their parents also walking along. And I thought, this is a family park. You're, and you're using F-bombs every other word as casually. And I don't know. It, I, I just find it all disturbing. So that this yeah. is just my rant. You know, I don't I mean, think it's just children. I think it's other people. It's just a lack of respect for people um, who don't use that kind of language. And when you say that, they say it's just words, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I just decided, you know, it, it just, I don't know, maybe, you know, I know I, I'm having a milestone birthday this year, and I don't feel that, that, that age. I mean, I, I feel much more useful. <laughs> yeah, oh, if I, if I'm turning 29, I've had a rough life, Mary Jo. But, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I mean, I'm not one that, that lies about my age. But I, I feel useful and young. And I think it's just my outlook. I mean, just things make me happy. And I'm just grateful, like you were saying, Mary Jo, for what people do. And yeah. I, I just try to be respectful for what they do. And you know what, gang? It, it, it's just yelling at people doesn't get you anywhere and all it it doesn't make your soul happy it doesn't do anything i mean be kind to people and they'll be kind to you yeah you know i mean geez so anyway so so that's that that's what i took away from all this from my little orlando trip anyway so anyway so i'm sorry I, i took up so much time with that but um, I did. I did have one a, 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 a couple of other little things. Just that um, I wanted to thank all the listeners when I was at the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival who walked up to me and said hello. I'm sorry I don't remember all your names. Um, I was overwhelmed by how many people came up to me. I mean, I've never had so many people um, just recognize me. Um, and you were all so kind and sweet and friendly. Uh, there, there's some folks that they are, they have to be our biggest fans. And they, they were very sweet. I was, um, eating at, uh, the one of the little kiosks at, uh, the American Adventure. And they, they were just a group of very nice young adults. Young adults are my children's age, probably. And they, um, they were just chatting with me. They recognized me, which blew me away. And they included me in her conversation and were chatting. And afterwards, they gave me their card. And they, they uh, listening to, uh, first of all, they knew more about you guys than even I know. 
for listening to the show. I mean, they were they were amazing, and they they sort of were they they were inspired to start their own podcast. But they are all young adults who don't have children, and they sort of got tired of people saying you're going to Disney again and you don't have children. And they started oh their God, own podcast talking about it. But it's it's on Disney World, and it's uh, you know I've been listening to their show, and it's the WDW Happy Hour, and it. Uh, you'd like it, Mary Jo, because it seems to be a lot about drinking. And, oh, um, <laughs> but they Thanks, are, Michael. Yeah, they're the nicest group of people, and they have to be amongst our biggest fans. And, and they don't go to Disneyland, which is what's amazing, and they listen to our show. And so anyway, so I just wanted to give a shout out to them because they just started out their show, and, you know, they're, they're sort of finding their footing, and, um, you know, I'd, I'd give them a listen, too. And anyway, but I want to thank everyone. I'm real behind on my email and messages right now, so I apologize everyone who's been writing me. Um, a follow-up to our Shanghai Disneyland discussion. Remember we talked about um, when they opened up Disney Town and the, some of the behavior that went on, uh, you know, there where they were, you know, urinating and, and stuff in the shrubbery mm -hmm. and, and carving their names culture and leaving a lot yeah um well what happened is disney is now we wondered how are they going to respond to this well disney is has now publishing a um shanghai disneyland etiquette guide for visitors <gasps> really <laughs> yes. yeah yeah and what they have six rules in it some of them uh is uh, it's talking about what they call uncivilized behaviors and it says it's uh, some of the rules in there. It's no littering, no defacing park property, no damaging the landscape. And then another, uh, um, no, uh, to, they need to avoid rowdy, um, behavior, cutting in line. And then an interesting one, um, no lying down on the ground. So, so it's interesting that, that. Uh, they're addressing it, so it uh, will be. I, I'll find it fascinating to watch and see if this has any effect. So they see the word park and they think it's like a regular park where they can carve on trees and lay down and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. So I guess which was which was one of the challenges they had with what was called Euro Disney at the Disneyland yeah. at the time, where you know they people just sort of. You know, in France, they, they had a different concept for how parks are used. And when they saw the beautiful rolling landscapes at Disneyland, they used it the same way. And so Disney had to um, sort of re-landscape, put up fences, things like that. And so uh, so I think this is probably step one in how um, Shanghai <laughs> Disneyland is going to address these issues. So anyway, yes, a Jody in, in the chat, Roddy asked, did they address pooping in the bushes? I don't know. I didn't see that rule in here. Maybe that'll be um, volume two <laughs> of the etiquette guide. I wonder if they started yeah. with the Brazilian tourist guide for Walt Disney World and went from there. Oh, perhaps. Because that, you know, that was also another issue with Brazilian no tour guides at Disney World. It was peeing in the bushes and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. With the Brazilian, you mean tour groups, right? Yeah, with Not the, the Brazilians, the Brazilian students, and then they actually sent like the Brazilian students to classes. They all had to attend like a pre-travel um, class on going behavior going to Disney World. Oh, how interesting! Trips. Yeah, 
Oh, I didn't know They'd been that. doing wow. that for the last, like, 15, 20 years. Huh. Um, the Olympics should be interesting. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Mary Jo, you had some other things? Yeah, I have a couple more. Okay. I, I uh, ran into um, a fellow Disney fan friend. Um, his name is <laughs> Doug Marsh. Both Tom and Nancy know him. Oh. He's, yep. he, he's a docent at Walt's Barn. And he yep. was telling me that for June, July, and August... Walt's Barn, in addition to being open on the third Sunday of the month, is also going to be open on the first Sunday of the month. Nice. So if you're going to be visiting the Disney, um, coming out to Disneyland and also visiting the L.A. area and you want to see some of the Walt-inspired attractions, you can go to Walt's Barn on the first Sunday and ride his train, right? Is that what you get to do on the third Sunday? Um, yes. The third, well, you don't. The train riding the train is not part of. No, it's just you. The barn they're is separate. open. You go yeah. inside, right? Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. separate. Okay, but- I I haven't done it yet, so that's I. Oh, I now you have haven't- to come up and do it with us. Yeah, um, I think I was out there with a couple of our our dis friends, and we got there right when it closed. It closes at three p.m. And we saw Doug coming out, but anyway, he shared that information with me, so I thought I'd share. I'd pass it along to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I know Doug Marsh too. Yeah, usually the uh, I forget the name of it, the mo- the model railroaders, and they do try to time. LA Live Steamers. Yeah, and they usually they they usually attempt to be open when Walt's Barn is open, mm-hmm. and they're fascinating. Uh, I mean, and boy, if you want to learn anything about model railroading, talk to them. They will. Pre- they will. They will tell you all about it. <laughs> I would. They I would probably passionate. say look it up. I think there's going to be, he said this summer, there's going to be a steam cu- steampunk day at Walt's Barn where they're going to get dressed up. Oh, fun. Doesn't yeah. that sound like fun? I told him to that do that. That does sound like fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, I told and him you, know, you might go- want to contact Mike Peraza and let him know because yeah. he he's likes and, that stuff. And, and you know, it, go to Walt's Barn. I mean, if you really want to connect with Walt to sort of plug another show, um, <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, nice. I mean, Walt built what's in that barn i mean when you touch those workbenches you are touching what walt built i mean you can't get much closer than that exactly and it's and the cool thing is walt's barn's located in griffith park very close to the carousel where walt um was inspired when he was there with his two daughters so if you want to make a nice day of it i would say go to the carousel that's another uh We've probably already talked about it in for day six, but if you, we should do a Walt inspired day six, but go to the carousel, go to Walt's barn, have lunch at Tamashanter. That makes for mm-hmm. a real nice day where you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn. You get to sleep in, get some rest, go to some cool, unique things to LA, uh, regarded to Walt Disney. And also, uh, you can drive past the studios and see the famous, um, dwarves holding up the building and, Stuff yeah. like that, right? I mean, you can see them from the out. We, we've done that uh, for those of us who aren't able to go into the studios like others. But anyway, it's it's fun thing to do. It's pretty darn cool opportunity. And you get to do it twice during the summer on the first and the third Sundays. So something, think, something to think about. Very cool. And if yeah. you're a Carolwood member, occasionally they'll do movie night at the barn too, which is kind of fun. And, and I... 
a year or two ago, I can't remember now. I mean, Tom probably remembers. We talked about how they are restoring um, some of the original buildings from Storybook Land there from the Cinderella right, right, scene. Right. And they're making excellent progress. And you can see those on display there. Excellent. Uh, my last housekeeping is going to be that uh, this weekend on June 4th and 5th, our artist friend Dave Avancino is going to be there at the Disneyana shop. And he will be selling his custom named letter plaques, his custom named ticket boots, uh, ticket books that you can order. <coughs> He'll make them for you. He has some limited edition paper sculptures. And if you haven't been on the Dave Avancino Designs Facebook page, you might want to go check that because sometimes he puts up um, progress on some of his artwork. And the Hatbox Ghost. In particular, we were able to see some of the background and the work and the detail he does in his pieces are outstanding. So he has original pieces that he'll have there and he has prints. And that's at the Disneyana shop if you would like him to autograph anything that you purchase or if you'd like him to make those special name plaques for you and ticket books for you. He'll be happy to do that. Plus, he's a super nice guy. Um, stop by and see him. Hey Mary Jo, does he does he have our name tags ready yet? He's, he he told me he is working on them, Michael. Really? He sent me he sent me two notes. Honest to goodness, he's working on them. So <laughs> I do appreciate you bringing them up in my absence on the show. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> we love you, Dave. He listens we to do. our show, so he's I know, I know. Dave is again. Dave is one of our biggest fans as well, and he's, he's an amazing he's awesome. artist. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I'm done. All right, Are we have sure? like five minutes for news and rapid fire. Cool. All right, um, time for oh. the. <laughs> this is a very special edition. It's of very the special edition. All right, Tony. Okay, so continue with the box set version of our podcast. Yes, we're related. <laughs> I know a little dated. <laughs> oh, I like that Tony box set version. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. I'll go as fast as I can. Knott's Berry Farm is, has a new boss, a former Disneyland executive. New Sheriff in Ghost Town, John Storbeck, 56, I don't know why this age was in there, but was announced Friday recently at some point as the new vice president and general manager of Knott's Berry Farm, effective immediately. He's a longtime Orange County uh, resident. He was previously vice president of hotels in downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. He was also vice president of Disneyland for nine years. He had left the company in January after 30 plus years. I wonder if he had planned this. Um... Says he loves the theme of Old West and looking forward to continuing the momentum. He replaces some guy who Rafi Caprillion. Okay, well, I was trying to speed it up for you, but okay. <laughs> Thought you were avoiding the name. Oh no, okay. Rafi K. And um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and K. Rafi K. Said he's known John for a long time. He knows to continue with do. Uh, that's all the stuff he did, which we don't really care about at this point in the news. Uh. His plans for knots, he says it's a great opportunity to do things from a theming standpoint, and I hope to continue growing its audience both locally and from those visiting the area. So I just find it interesting that a Disneyland person is going to take over, and I'm interested to see what... I like that he noticed that his quote said theming. I thought that was interesting. Any thoughts? Um, It's interesting that he quote-unquote retired Mm -hmm. from Disneyland, but apparently he wasn't done working. So, was he forced out at Disney? Do you know anything, Michael, behind the scenes? I, I don't. Not at all. Okay. So, could it be either way? Could it be also that, oh, no, he wanted the knots? 
Well, obviously he wanted to move. Well, nobody uh, leaves Disney that wants to leave. Well, Disney. okay, no, 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 no. He also kind of got a demotion, okay, because he was the, he was the vice president of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Mary Niven was doing well at DCA, so they moved her over to Disneyland and bumped him to Downtown Disney and the, and the resorts. But didn't they? They moved her over because you know she did so well with the you know the reimagining of DCA. Didn't they want right. her over there for Star, for Star Wars, Wars expansion? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that the feelings could get hurt. To, you know, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge of Disneyland, and now I'm not. Did he work with Matt Wiemet when I Matt was at Disneyland? I don't think so. I don't know. What is, he was here there nine years, right? So probably not. Okay. Has it been that long since Matt's been out? <laughs> well, no. He, he, when did he leave? Was he? Oh, gosh. It was after 2009. After the, after the 50th, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was after the 50th. Interesting. Anyway. Okay, and so, so we'll have to go over to Knotts and support him. In our next story, Disney CEO Bob Iger and Bernie Sanders had a little bit of a spat over low pay <laughs> allegations. And so <laughs> I, it started with Bernie Sanders saying at a rally saying that Disney pays, quote, pays its workers so low that many are forced to live in motels because they can't afford a decent place to live. Meanwhile, Disney made a record-breaking profit of nearly $3 billion last quarter. That's a direct quote. Anybody make a living wage working for Disney? Sanders asked at the Anaheim Convention Center. Sanders also attacked Iger's $46.5 million salary. Although he didn't name the mogul directly, he accused Disney of exploiting people in China by sending work overseas. He said Disney should keep work in the United States. Then Sanders came back, and what was interesting is the way... He defended his company in a Facebook message. So, and criticized Sanders for not uh, he def- for not personally contributing to the job market. To and these this is a direct quote to Bernie Sanders: We created eleven thousand new jobs at Disneyland in the past decade, and our company has created eighteen thousand in the U.S. in the last five years. How many jobs have you created? What have you contributed to the U.S. economy? And a Disney spokesman said Sanders, quote, clearly doesn't have his facts right. In response to Sanders' comments about Disney laying off 250 IT workers and replacing them with H-1B visas, the Disney spokesman said, here are the facts. We rehired more than 100 people impacted by our parks IT reorganization. have hired more than 170 other U.S. IT workers' roles. They're currently recruiting candidates to fill more than 100 IT positions. And that's... You know what this, of course, tells us, right? The rumors that Bob Iger wants to run for for office are true. Oh, interesting. That huh. yeah, that's just aren't those those rumors out there, right? That yeah. that Iger wants to run for for like was it um, governor or something? What is it? Interesting. Well, obviously now it doesn't really matter. Anybody can run, so yeah, let's right. you know just. I know. I don't know why. Why would anybody want to? <laughs> right. I, I mean, know, he has maybe that enough feeling money. That they could, oh, make a difference or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I think, it, or it's ego. It's pie in the sky. I. Uh... <laughs> All right, cool. That's the news. Thank, thank you, Tony. Time Fo- for wrap. Following in the steps of Governor Schwarzenegger, another Damn. Hollywood <laughs> icon. Hey, we had Alan Andre. Come on. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, rapid fire. I will go first. I will go quickly. This you can. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, because I can. Go quickly. This week, Disney Cruise Line released their itineraries for the fall of 2017, including cruises out of New York City. Who cares? Galveston. Who cares? And San yeah, Diego. Except there's not that many, are there? There are not. The San Diego cruises will be, of course, on the Disney Wonder and will sail to Baja, California and the Mexican Riviera. There are a couple two- and three-night sailings that will visit Ensenada. The, uh, there's a single four-night sailing that visits uh, Cabo San Lucas, and there's a few five-night sailings that hit both Ensenada and Cabo, and then there are a few seven-night sailings that do the whole Mexican Riviera thing, Cabo, Puerto Vallarta, and Mazatlan. Um, as we said, these cruises are limited, so book early for best pricing. These cruises, of course, bookend the Alaska cruises, so ship comes through the Panama Canal, does a couple, one or two uh, Mexico cruises, then up to Alaska, then back, does a couple in the fall. Those are the ones that were just announced. And then back to uh, Galveston or Florida. Um, I think there are two two or three of the seven-night cruises. Uh, but they haven't been to Puerto Vallarta and Mazatlan in quite a while, so it'll be interesting to see how those sell. And in a follow-up, Tom, of course, will be on yeah. every single one of the cruises, because that's all he that's what you do, right? Yeah. D- yeah, didn't sure. they have a rough time filling the ships the last time? Yeah, they well, did this. Yeah, wasn't it because of the? I remember that, and I think it was because of the safety issue. People were scared. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, uh, that the, and the it, price. They that the price too, but uh, uh, by the end of the sailings, they had dropped. I think it dropped Mazatlan. The ports. Yeah, they yeah. Dropped, dropped two of the ports. Two of the ports. And Puerto, probably Mazatlan and Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. Yeah, the only one they went to was San Senora. Yeah, and they were, well, they were spending like two days in Cabo, I think. Right. Yeah. I'm curious to see how many of those are automatically like booked in with with, uh, the whole, I'm really having a hard time explaining this. Put it as part of a package with Disneyland and California Adventure. Like, how many are they going to be able to sell? As a land and yeah, sea kind yeah. of thing, yeah. they do a pretty terrible job marketing that. In yeah. my even in Florida, correct? Past. I don't know about in Florida. Okay, um, you're talking about for the California. Well, yeah. yeah. Now that they're trying, they hardly ever market. Well, script. okay, and they didn't before. My, that's why I brought up what I kind of my my point. You're making my point is that now that they've redone California Adventure and they're jacking up the prices of pass. Uh, Passholder passes. I'm really articulate tonight, and um, wow. uh, that maybe this is okay. We're going to try it again and try to really make it a destination. Blah blah blah. I'm just curious to see how hard they're going to try. That's all. Speculation. I have I haven't looked at pricing on the Mexico the Mexican cruises yet, but the pricing on the Alaska was astronomical. So I wonder we'll if the, I wonder if these limited ones are kind of testing the waters to see if they can get back into the Mexico market mm-hmm. after leaving. Especially, you know, after ditching LA as a port and going to San Diego as a port. Right. Right. So So we will see. All right. 
Thank you, folks. Uh, let's say uh, Nancy. Okay. So I'm calling mine the the review of what you got emails about that had anything so, to do with so Disneyland. You don't, no, no, So you no. don't have a rapid fire. Okay. I do, Next. actually. I'm going to do my usual catching you up on what apples. Okay, give me, and... give me two because we're running. Oh, this is cute. No, no, late. this okay. is easy. Just a couple real quickies. Um, the <laughs> apple of the month tur- is turtle. So you, we've got turtle apples and rope and chocolate. Um, For which month? I guess it's now June, whatever. It's the new one. This okay. this is the summer. So we've got dipped in caramel and robed in milk chocolate, rolled in pecans, drizzled with caramel and milk chocolate. So um, obviously there's turtle fudge as well. Um, and then also the wands, you know, the pretzel wands. Um, and you can get those, of course, on beginning June 1st at the Candy Palace, Honey Spot, uh, trolley treats, Marceline's, and also they're introducing the red, white, and blue patriotic gourmet apples and marshmallow wands. So that's one. Um, the Disney store is, um, your home for the 50 years of Disneyland, uh, commemorative t-shirts. Cool. That came out in an email this past week. Um, and it- What? The- for what? 50? 50? 50 years uh, at Disneyland and 45 years at Walt Disney World commemorative. Oh, for It's, it's a, a Small, small World. world. Oh, okay, yes. that was Sorry. the thing that was left the, out. It's a okay. Small World t-shirt. So it actually commemorates the anniversary of both parks. And it's kind of a cute um, little, you know, it's got the clock tower with its little happy smiling face. Um, and that is on the front. And then it honors both parks on the back. So you can buy that at uh, DisneyStore.com. And then if you got your D23 email, you know how Tom loves his Chinese long beans at Trader Sam's. They actually put the uh, Chinese long bean recipe in mm. this month's edi- or this week's edition of the uh, D23, or last week's, I should say, edition of D23 newsletter in the mail. Cool. So there make, are make a few of your scattered Disneyland items. Thank you. Uh, Michael. I do not know. I do not want to know where they get turtle fudge from. Um, <laughs> as you know. Oh, Michael. As you know, uh, you know the, the Van Eaton galleries have been having a number of uh, auctions of, of various people's Disney collections. They are having yet another one. It's entitled Collecting Disney 2016. It's an exhibition and auction. And it's, again, it's memorabilia primarily from the Walt Disney Studios. And it's from the very beginning. And, and I, I went through the online catalog and it's, broken up by uh, sort of by eras and all there and they have quite a bit all based on feature films a lot of different memorabilias and tchotchkes and things like that they do have some items that are from uh, you know sort of from Walt Disney himself and also they have items from the estate of Annette Funicello that will be auctioned off to benefit the Annette Funicello Research Fund for Neurological Diseases the uh, auction date is Saturday, June 18th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. The exhibition dates uh, where you can view this uh, 
already began. They began May 25th. They go through June 17th. They are closed um, on Monday in observance of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you can order a hard copy catalog or view an online catalog and register to be an online bidder or in person at the Van Eaton Gallery's website. And we will have a link in our show notes, uh, as I have done with their Prior to auctions, I've already ordered a catalog. I will go through it and select items that <laughs> I think you all would want to um, bid on. And and um, I'll bring those up as soon as I get the catalog. So good luck to all you who want to own a little piece of Disney memorabilia. Very cool. All right. Uh, Mary Jo? This coming June 11th at Disneyland, they're going to have Speak Like a Whale Day. So when you get there, you will get a button for Speak Like a Whale Day. Of course, this is commemorating the new movie coming out on June 17th, which is Dory finding her friend. And uh, she has Bailey, the beluga whale, and Destiny, nearsighted whale shark. And in addition to some fun at downtown Disney, where families can... Dive into undersea-themed activities, including a live DJ, games and giveaways. Um, young people, I guess, and young at heart, can attend Whale Speak University and give speaking the language a try. And then Dory and some of her friends will also be joining Crush at California Adventure. And in addition to Dory, there will be um, Bailey the Beluga Whale, Hank the Septopus, Septopus, because he's missing a, an arm, poor guy, and Destiny the Whale Shark. So those things are coming up starting June 11th. Very cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, Tony? Down the 5 Freeway, a couple of exits at the Discovery Cube of Orange County. Just started all the way through the entire summer, and it's September 5th, Extreme Dinosaurs in Exhibit 65 right. Million. Yes, years in the making. So some of the things they're going to have are life-size animatronic dinosaurs, full-scale skeletons, <laughs> real and replica fossils, cho- a children's dig site, hands-on learning, and a dino- you can even take a dinosaur detective quiz. But one of the big pieces is Rocky the T-Rex and the Dino Encounter Show, which is no longer <laughs> well known. That's a big piece that is now that you can go to tomorrow. So let's not worry about that. But they're going to have the rest of the stuff throughout the so let's 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 forget about the show let's just let's just do the i realized as i was reading that it said may 28th to the 30th for the show everything else so i don't want to tell people what they missed it was an awesome show you should have been yeah well it was great i mean did you guys meet rocky Rebel, yes. well, Rocky's I, the life size, and Rebel. I, 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 I got the autograph. Rebel was the baby T Rex, <laughs> and the newborn Triceratops was adorable on the drums. Yeah, so, anyways, <laughs> um, but sorry. So, other than the show that I, <laughs> he played Eye of the Tiger, right, yeah. Tom? Yes. And that was awesome. <laughs> so, dinosaur stuff all summer at Discovery Cube. No additional fee necessary. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> All right. For those of you listening live, be sure to stick around for Nancy's look at teens and tweens in the parks. Otherwise, that is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Design Plug podcasts this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. 
Thanks for listening.